0: KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz, and always online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Up next is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. The ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school, get your money. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is December the 26th, 2017. I hope your Christmas was blissful, beatific this year, everything you wanted. The solstice on December the 21st brought us the shortest day and the longest night of the year. For me, the night was indeed dark, a sad Christmas this year. For me, I lost an old friend. She died suddenly. No one seemed to expect it, no, it was coming. Least of all, she herself, it was indeed, yes, it was indeed a sad, sad holiday, uh, For all those who loved her, I'm still trying to believe she's gone. Uh, Her name is J.D. Trow. I first met J.D. in 1968. Half a century. It's a long time, boys. We met at the Berkeley Repertory Company ages ago, 1968, when the theater was located on College Avenue near Ashby, close to the Elmwood Movie Theater. You know that neighborhood. Uh, Our histories, J.D.'s and mine, were linked mostly by by theater. Uh, (laughs) I remember how thrilled J.D. was when her daughter was cast uh, in West Side Story on Broadway. I think it was a year before last. I'm not very good with dates these days. Uh, let's see. I even remember that uh, JD directed a play that I wrote. It was staged at the Berkeley Stage Company, not Berkeley Rep. It was back in the day, let me think, 1976 that was. Wow. Uh, when I met her, JD was the stage manager. At the old Berkeley rep, uh, both of us acted in productions there. And uh, the first was Oscar Wilde's *The Importance of Being Earnest*. J.D. played uh, the Entree was Cecily. Cecily Card, you. I played her governess, Miss Prism. Later, we were both in Norman Mailer's play Deer Park*. J.D. played a... Uh, an ambitious young woman who's trying to get somewhere in uh, the arts, but she's seduced by a crude character and reduced to being a sexual servant or sexual slave. Uh, I played Norman Mailer's mother, my favorite gold let dress. I remember in those days, my kid brother Mike was in love with J.D., and he was so offended by the treatment of her character in that play. Uh, even some of the improv exercises, Mike objected when he thought she was being treated with, uh, well, without respect. <laughs> you know, uh, improv can get kind of wild. It's just a play, I tell him. This is just theater. We're pretending and... uh he said it didn't matter because uh, even actors shouldn't put up with some things. Uh, anyway, he and J.D. and my two sons, we had a memorable stay out in the country. I'm trying to think again of the date. Uh, it was in the home of Michael Libert. He wasn't there at the time, and he let us uh hang out. Uh, Michael Libert was the founder, original founder of the Berkeley Repertory Company. Uh, I remember that scene out at his house. So beautiful out in the woods, Uh, especially at Christmas. Maybe uh, it's because there was this great stone fireplace like the one in the house that I lived in when I was about 15. My father built a great house fireplaces everywhere. Ah, maybe some of you remember how it was to have great open fireplaces, uh, especially on the holidays. I keep the TV set on all the time. Now it's my little hearth. (laughs) At that time, uh, my brother had returned from Vietnam. He was a Navy SEAL. Most of his friends were did and it was a bad time of course uh, he was suffering from PTSD I don't think we used that phrase yet but yes uh, that was the way it was with him JD tried to help him she tried to help everyone I figured she had enough trouble at the time I told him to lay off both of us JD and I were struggling with the men in our lives uh J.D. stayed with me and the boys uh, for more than a year. I don't know how long it was. Uh, Eventually, she found what she thought was the right husband. Three children later, her marriage ended, not until, well, the children were more or less grown, although I have a poem I brought with me from her youngest son in which he says that he didn't know how to think about the divorce, uh, mm I remember when J.D. helped me, that is, by directing my play at the Berkeley Stage Company, we were both, uh, so young, so, I guess, ambitious, the theater was growing up around here in the Bay Area, but I kept thinking still I had to go to New York, and, uh, My play had another run later at a little theater in San Francisco. Critic on the Chronicle called it uh, a windy metaphor. (laughs) How about that? A windy metaphor. J.D. actually took some of the wind out of the play. She directed it in a grounded way. Uh, The metaphor was still there, uh, but it's kind of hazy it was at the height of the women's liberation movement and I wanted to raise a feminist fist in the air uh Henry Miller can go hang that sort of thing you know the play was titled Three Hands Clapping I tried to illustrate in that play the life of one woman I split her into three personalities that is three actors personas uh The three actors were the poet, the actress, and the woman. They were struggling to discover who was in charge of their fate. I wanted the poet to win, and J.D. favored the woman. Indeed, indeed, I think, I think she got to the heart of the matter. Oh, the actress, she didn't even make it into the final curtain. After half a century, it's so hard to synthesize. Uh, our connection or her history uh, not for me not for me to say uh, our shared history led J.D. to become a much closer friend in the last few years Uh, I have to admit she uh, has taken care of me, she's a major support in my old age the gift of my old age she drives me well, she drove me to KPFA every Tuesday since forever, some years now, always ready to drive me to the doctor's appointments into the pool at the YMCA. She always said, oh, call me first. When I told her I shouldn't burden her with all the chores and get some of my other friends to do some driving, she helped me go shopping. Uh... She took me out to dinner on my 84th birthday earlier this month and I pointed out to her that I was 12 years ahead of her, 12 years older than she. I made her promise to adopt my cat when I died. We went to the Ace Hardware just last week. I wanted some of those blinking Christmas tree lights. Uh, We brought them home and they're still lying on the floor in my little one-room apartment. I don't think I'm going to hang those. Not this year anyway, maybe not ever. Anyway, J.D. gave me a poem written by her son Max, and she told me it was okay to read it on the air, and I called Max, and he said it was okay too. I think it says more than I can about who she was there are actually two two pieces written here and I don't want to be I'm not going to be too particular about who they are addressed to uh, none of my none of my business of course uh, the poem is titled What Love Is Amber Clinton saying we have to figure out what is is Anyway, here's Max's poem. I don't, well, said, I don't know what love is. Don't ask me. Don't ask me. From what I've seen, I would say something like strength, glue, or light. Something like the opposite of gravity. No, don't ask me. I may have come close with infatuations or intimacy, but to me, real love has always been a mirage, a 3D movie, a Fox News story, so don't ask me. Raised an atheist through a divorce I didn't understand, it was hard to believe in love, so definitely don't ask me. But when I ask the two of you what gives you strength what binds you together like glue what brightens each month each day, each moment what makes you feel weightless your answers are a glance and a smile that exemplify what love is it is the way you look at each other listen to each other Grow with each other. Love beautifies your weaknesses, emboldens your strengths, connects you together, lights your eyes. It lifts you. Don't keep asking me what love is. Keep showing me, and I'll keep saying what I see. Strength, glue, And light lifting you both off the ground because I don't know what love is, but I know you too. And I know you do. Written by Max Tro Shaw, using both his mother's name, Tro, and his father's name, Shaw. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's see what else Max has here was thinking the other day of poems for jd and i remember oh there's that wonderful one with the lines that uh true love consists in protecting one another's solitude i like that a lot uh anyway this is a a wonderful little piece that max wrote uh oh yes For my mom's grandchild Before she was your grandma She was my mom And long before that My grandmother's daughter She was 43 when she had me My grandmothers were gone By the time I was 12 I fear the same for you But luckily She promised me She wouldn't die Sad, sad, sad. Unfortunately, she had no choice in the matter. He goes on to write of his mother. She keeps her promises. She needs to know you and you need to know her. Back in the 60s when women were required to wear dresses for every dinner at her private school. And she was coming To dinner from painting a set at the theater, she refused to change out of her stained overalls because she shouldn't have to. When she pushed past at the front of the uh, line the first day, she caught looks from all angles. She did not think that it would lead to five more women doing the same thing at dinner the next night or to the school dropping the rule by week's end. But it did. I have a footnote here. I won the right for girls to wear shorts out on the avenue at Mills College. Wow, heavy stuff. That was 1952. Here's uh, Max's piece about his mom. He writes, She went back to school after turning 50 to become a lawyer. She found her purpose. She won uh, child support from wealthy fathers, those who refused to acknowledge their part in their children's lives. That happy struggle is my rebuttal whenever I hear, I'm too old to change. She beat breast cancer Most people don't know because she refuses to let anyone know that she needs anything. She taught me to play ping pong. She beat me the first 1,000 times consecutively. She never let me win. So I knew when I did, I earned it. (laughs) When I got bad grades each year in school, she told me, grades don't really matter, not until next year. It took me till senior year to learn she wanted me to do well for myself, not for anyone else. And in college, I learned. She has a calmness that eases tantrums, an authority that challenges beliefs, a lively voice that illustrates stories and empathy so strong you can feel her feeling other people's feelings. I didn't know my grandmas well. I never knew them like my parents did. I want so much for you, for you to know my mom like I do. I want you to see what I see when I look at her. Because... Before you are your father's son, or your mother's daughter, you're my mom's grandchild. What a wonderful gift to give a little child who, sadly, won't won't be able to uh, to know his grandmother. <laughs> the outrageous JD Trope. A grandmother, it's crazy. She used to do outrageous things, wild things. One Halloween, she was a pregnant nun. I, I, I uh, can't remember the year. Yes, J.D. as a pregnant nun. Uh mm-hmm. She uh, used to drive a motorcycle. She had this little uh, black. The jacket. I, I had a date once with a teacher from a local middle school, and I, I thought he was respectable. Uh, in any case, he was one of those drinkers who can't handle his feelings after the first drink. You know, the kind, something in the brain. He seemed to disapprove of my lifestyle anyway. Oh, yeah, he thought I was not a proper mother or something. And J.D. drove up outside... She was living with me at that time. She heard the brouhaha going on in my kitchen, jumped off her motorcycle and shot in through the back door. She was in full biker's dress. Yes, the black leather jacket and the boots, the works. She was half this guy's size, if, yes, if that, but he was out the door in a flash. (laughs) So funny. He had brought a, a roast to put in my oven and he was complaining about the roast and damned if she didn't grab it and just give it to him. J.D. always had the kind of courage that I wanted and still, still, she was so very vulnerable. When her marriage ended, things were bleak. Uh, very bleak indeed. I gave her a poem at that time that I I can't resist reading, mainly because it's a poem that has always been one of my favorites. It was written by Christina Rossetti, sister to Dante, Gabriel Rossetti. Uh, Christina and I share a birthday. This poem was written on December the 12th, 1848, when the poet was... Eighteen years old, born 5th December, right? She just titles it Song. When I am dead, my dearest, sing no sad songs for me. Plant thou no roses at my head, nor shady cypress tree. Be the green grass above me with showers and dewdrops wet. And if thou wilt, remember. And if thou wilt, forget. I shall not see the shadows. I shall not feel the rain. I shall not hear the nightingale sing on as if in pain. And dreaming through the twilight that doth not rise nor set, haply I may remember and haply may forget. So, again, that was written in 1848, long, long ago. Oh, those pre Raphaelites, those Victorians, golly gosh. I think of. Emily Bronte and all her poems and Wuthering Heights, of course, but it was always the uh, romantic, I don't know romantic, uh, the passionate desire to have the loved one haunt you even after death. It is, of course, terrible nonsense. And today, students laugh at that sort of thing, except when they don't. uh, I was never sure how to deal with romanticism when I was a teacher. I mean, the truth is that even today, women have a masochistic streak, and if they are in love, they do tend (laughs) to to be in trouble. I was thinking of that when I read Edna St. Vincent Millay last time. Uh, When J.D. came to stay with me, years ago in the 70s, she was suffering from romantic, uh, romantic trauma, I'll call it trauma. Uh, we both nursed our broken hearts, uh. and now, of course, those of us who are old are suffering the loss, not just of uh, our friends, but of our own Our own past, our history. So many friends gone. It's a cliche, of course. I noticed this Christmas that uh, my family is only my children, no elders. I, I am the elder now, have absolutely no idea what that entails. What to do? What to do with that? that role. Wisdom is supposed to be a gift for the old. I think too many of us think knowledge is wisdom. I've got a hell of a lot of information piled up. Uh, I'm drowning in it. My apartment, I, I'm buried. But of course, that's nothing, nothing to do with wisdom. I think that wisdom is manifest in the young, the very young, just as often as it is in old folks. The best lines come from oh, Beckett and T.S. Eliot, and, ah, oh, time and the bell have buried the day. I think it's time to read T.S. Eliot, perhaps. Perhaps next week, next week, that's the time. Uh, I brought so many poems with me, and I don't want to read the, the dirges, uh, just one, the end of one by Edna Millay, yes, down, down into the darkness of the grave gently they go, the beautiful, the tender, the kind, quietly they go, the intelligent, the witty, the brave, I know, but I do not approve, and I am not resigned. I found that poem when I was 13 and my mother had died and I uh, carried it around with me for a few decades and uh, then I got a little tired of it. Uh, It gets a little bit silly when you're as old as I am. Uh, We are required to cheer up and behave. Never mind. One more. One more. Do I have time for one more? (laughs) I'll start it, and see. I just can't help it. Every time I get a chance, uh, I need to. I need to read a little snatch of Samuel Beckett. This poem is called *Cascando*. It's my favorite Beckett love poem. Beckett wrote, "Why not merely the despaired of occasion a word Is it not better abort than be barren? The hours after you are gone are so leaden they will always start dragging too soon. The grapples clawing blindly the bed of want, bringing up the bones, the old loves, sockets filled once with eyes like yours. All always is it better too soon than never The black want splashing their faces Saying again, nine days never floated the loved Nor nine months, nor nine lives Saying again, if you do not teach me, I shall not learn Saying again, there is a last, even of last times Last times of begging, last times of loving, of knowing not knowing. Pretending. A last even of last times of saying, if you do not love me, I shall not be loved. If I do not love you, I shall not love. This has been Jennifer Stone with Stones Throw. More next time. You're listening to 94.1 KPFA. The time is... 3 30 p.m up next is work week radio but first this important message south bay contra invites you to our monthly third sunday contra dance featuring live music by pepper jack with jess newman scott jesperson and Derry Aiken. dance calling is by kelsey hartman the Contra Dance takes place from 2:30 to 6 p.m. on Sunday, January 21st at First Unitarian Church of San Jose, 160 North 3rd Street, San Jose. No experience or partner needed and all ages are welcome. This event is wheelchair accessible and is a benefit for Bay Area Country Dance Society and First Unitarian Church of San Jose. For more information, call 408-341-9123 or www.bacds.org slash sbc.